This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Charlie. Good morning, Franklin. <laughs> well, we've got kind of a dark Gray day. day. It, yeah. it felt like it was six in the morning, but it's actually eight. Dark and dank, dank. says Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Silly Billy. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, here we are. I I brought a, a bottle of booze. In oh my goodness! Pull it was, out, baby. Well, yeah, uh, it was given to me by Siva, one of our regular callers. callers thank you, who Siva. came to the uh, Zoomer show last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Shirley and I went out there and and we're manning the booth from eleven to two, and uh, all of a sudden Siva says hello and. Gave me the a bottle of uh, cider, uh, hard cider. Apparently, right. now what I didn't realize, and of course, in the the bag, nice little bag and everything, there was a tissue paper covering the top of it and so forth, so on. But I left it in my car because I, I know me, I'll take it out of the car and then forget to bring it in to show you. I know you sent me well, an email. Don't forget to remind me. That's right. <laughs> so I bring the bottle of hard cider in, and wouldn't you know when I took the tissue out. Oh, uh, no, you need a corkscrew. We've been all over this station uh, <laughs> Searching from stem high to gudgeon, and, low. <laughs> and we don't have a corkscrew. Siva, <laughs> so, we're going to have to hold yeah, on for that special yeah. tasting. Uh, thank oh, you for thinking about this, I though. brought wine glasses from the I kitchen. Know. And, uh, all set all to swanky. Get right into it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yep, I know. I, maybe it, then maybe we'd it's be, just as well. I was going to say, know? maybe there's a message there. Yes, so, yes. Frank and Charlie, don't get too silly today. <laughs> Lord knows. <laughs> Oh, we get microphone. silly enough without the hard cider. <laughs> anyway, my friends, uh, here it is, The Garden Show, and Charlie Dobbin is here to hopefully answer all your questions. Hopefully. We like that word, yeah. hopefully, yes. Yeah. Uh, phone number here in uh, Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere in the province, uh, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Uh, if by chance you're a first-time caller... Please let Jordan, who's manning the controls today, know, and he will inform me. And and just before you get to the air, you'll get your garden wings. And right? that's the best. Yeah. Because and with the, garden wings, you can get a whole oh, different perspective on oh, your garden. heavens to Betsy, yes. And that's partly what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, our little mantra goes this way. Call early, call often. One question per call. You know, the last couple of weeks, folks have been yeah, sliding that second one in there. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is that about the season? Proctor, uh, you know, my motorcycle's been out of action. So Yeah, you're going to have to get that <laughs> siren uh, warmed <laughs> yeah. up, my friend. Exactly. So, yes, one question per caller, yeah. but you can always call back. And, yeah. it, and it's really just to, to keep things moving. So nobody yeah. has to sit on hold for 20 minutes or yeah, longer. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> 
I will give you an update if we get a chance through the show, just to give you an update on sort of what's going on in my landscape. Oh, yeah. My so-to-speak landscape. I'm using that term very loosely at my new home. Uh, After the big wind, there's some impact from that as well. But uh, I do want to just mention, don't forget, we're going to gain an hour. My favorite day of the whole year. A 25-hour day. Yes. Yes, sir. Love it. Love it. Um, And um, yes, also we'll talk about the fact that you're not here next week and Sean James is here. So Uh I've... I want to talk a little bit about who is Sean, and he's been here before, but why you should definitely want to listen in oh. next week. All righty. All right. Um, I don't have any, nobody's sending me things about well. stuff going on. You know, there's stuff going on. You can always check the Horticultural Societies of Ontario, right. which is, I can look that up. I think it's hortsociety.org or ontariohort.org, something like that. All the Hort All Societies right. are listed alphabetically. Okay. So anything in your local neighborhood... Perfect time of year to join a group because, mm. you know, we're not out in our gardens. We tend to cocoon ourselves in the winter. We don't even talk to our neighbors because we just, you know, get out of our cars and yeah, <laughs> lock the door behind mm. us. So good time to, you know, make that yeah. effort, you know, find that community that is like-minded. And of course, Hort Societies are so welcoming to everybody, novice to expert. Uh, generally, you're just going to be find a bunch of good friends. Well, within the first couple of minutes of the show opening, uh, I see we have a jammed line here or lines uh good plural and so we have to take uh to our first little break mm-hmm. and then come back and say hi to dawn in toronto just around the corner maybe you never know mm-hmm. stay with us here it's the garden show and we're on the air fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than you realize should small creatures become a big problem then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty. Oh, you know what? I just found yes. something. Oh. Stop. Hold, hold everything. Stop. Press, uh, hold I do press. have buried in my in my bag my papers here. Uh, one quick announcement. Riverdale Hort Society, November the 13th. So that would be a Wednesday. November 13th coming up. Meeting with Flower Show. So that's uh, nice. Uh-huh. Nice time of year for some flowers indoors. The speaker is Wolfgang Bonham. And we've mentioned his name before. He's quite a... Quite an interesting character, and he's speaking on Gardens of British Columbia. So, uh, also the yearbook photo cover competition is on, 7 o'clock in the evening. The group meets at 816 Logan Avenue, which is Frankland Community Center. So, Logan and Danforth. That's the uh, worm castings, in, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. I Same remember place. it well. They do their worm castings as their fundraiser every spring. <laughs> They're yeah. a clever bunch. All righty. Uh, Don, thank you for being patient and hanging on the line there, just around the corner here in Toronto. Don, welcome to the show. Good morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. How are you? Good morning. Excellent. Yeah, I'm just around the corner, 15 minutes up on Dufferin Street. Oh, oh well, it's, well, you they... are indeed just around the corner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm just wondering about my lawn. It's all nice and green, but in one patch, it's turned yellow. Okay. Is it possible that a dog has been peeing there? Uh, well, it's like. Four feet by four feet. Oh, that'd big be a dog. big dog. Exactly. Saint Bernard. It's a party of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here, d- wow. d- when did you notice that that patch that's for now four feet by four feet? Did you notice it a month or two ago or a couple weeks ago? No, about a week and a half ago. Okay, because uh, what I would suggest you do is go out before it rains yeah. and just tug on a couple of those yellower, you know, Mm-hmm. orange blades of grass yep. and see if they just come right up without any roots attached. So they're just literally blades of grass sitting on the surface of the soil. Roots have disappeared. Okay. And that is likely what what has happened. It's likely that uh, grub 
eggs were laid midsummer and then those grub eggs hatched mid-August and they once those little eggs hatched they were little tiny tiny grubs who proceeded to chew the roots of the lawn and so it's you got to really be vigilant it'll start if you're really vigilant you'll notice a ah, loony toony sized yellow patch mm. which could be the one dog that peed but then you keep an eye <laughs> yeah. and you know a week later it's now doubled in size and it quadruples yeah. in size and that patch gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the, the tug test is the best if you do have grubs there it too probably late now to deal with is with nematodes. too late that, for nematodes yeah. but you know what? i'm going to double check that because one of my students asked me that yesterday too can i still use nematodes it's one of those things i yeah. i i'm going to double check but i'd be inclined to try like better what the heck? Yeah. yeah better to try because the nematodes are effective and they will not be nearly as effective in the spring and it has to be wet the, uh, and it's perfect look yeah. we've yes. had lots of rain yeah you're right soil is nice and moist it's just a matter of getting a hold mm-hmm. of the nematodes mixing them up with some water watering can uh, all around that patch so mm-hmm. just leave that with me dawn and keep listening and i'll see if i can just get a definitive answer otherwise it's just wait next year the It'll be worse. <laughs> Encourage the raccoons, the skunks, the starlings. Everybody will come and eat the grubs next spring, and then you'll fix your lawn in May, late May, early June. Okay, okay and before I go, can you just tell me, is it too late to cut the lawn? No, of course not. Okay, thank you very much. You're very right. welcome. I don't recommend cutting when lawns are wet, though. No. Wait till they dry. Yeah. Okay, you okay. have a good day. Thank hey, you. thanks, Don. Right. Thank Bye-bye. you for joining us here on thanks uh, for calling. a Saturday morning as we wend our way through. When it's hard to imagine jumping yeah. out into the garden. Y- yeah. Like yeah, you say, well, dank. It's a bit on the dank. So it's it, not, <laughs> thanks, says Frank. Okay. It's not like really exciting to think about grabbing those pruners and going outside. <laughs> That's right. Salsa in Toronto, good morning. Hello, good, good morning. morning. How are you both? Excellent. And you? Uh, wonderful. Uh, well, I have a question for you, Charlie and Frank. I received um, a potted plant for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So all four plants are in this, I think it's a terracotta, but it's got a, a kind of, uh, it's not brown, but no kind of pink, uh, but there's no drainage. Right. Okay? Yep. So it, there's a bromelia, there's croton, uh, cal- uh, calorantio, and ivy with moss. Oh my, nice. How do I take care of this plant? There's no uh, soil in it. Uh, okay, so that's a great question. Somebody was kind enough to think about you and picked up a gift, what we call a gift planter. Yes, mm-hmm. gift planter. Yes. So it's very pretty. It's usually a, a low saucer uh, with multi-plants in, you know, planted yeah. into the pot. And as you point out, rarely has drainage because the idea is that it's just super simple to put it on your windowsill or your coffee table and enjoy mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, those plants will never truly be happy altogether. And as you note, without drainage, they'll never truly thrive. Right. So what you need is four separate pots. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you maybe get away with three separate pots. I'd be moving the bromeliad into its own pot. Yes. And remember, bromeliads, we water in the top of the plant. It's got a cup shape to the plant. Yes. So the so- you don't need a big pot. You can just get a little clay terracotta pot. Plant that one. So so <clears throat> newspaper out on the dining room table. Tilt the whole gift planter on its side. Slowly uh-huh. kind of 
pull and push and, and ooze everything out onto the newspaper. And unless it's been planted up for a very long time, the four plants will fall apart. If yeah. they've been together for months and months, then they'll be a little bit more tangled up with the roots. But again, you can very gently kind of, you know, bring them apart with a little bit of shaking and, and, um, and just a little bit of movement. The roots will let go. Four separate plants. Bromeliad in its own pot. Uh, well-drained soil. Terracotta is perfect. Mm-hmm. I'd be inclined to put the croton and the ivy together, and they, again, could go into just a regular green plastic grower's pot, and then that sits into a, a prettier um, yes. overpot. Okay. And and even the calancho. The calancho, it, I always think of them as a fairly short-term plant. They bloom like crazy. We love them. Uh, but they don't continue to bloom like crazy forever. They get very leggy eventually. Right. So I'd be inclined to set that one on its own, keep that in a nice sunny window ledge, enjoy the flowers while you've got them, but eventually you're going to end up cutting away the dead flowers. It's not going to look that great as a plant. So you could keep it and, you know, take it outside next spring or you could just get frustrated and compost it by about February. <laughs> I, have, I have already trimmed the, the, the dead flowers. Yeah, know. and more I, will come for a little while. Just make sure it gets lots of sun and it's right. a succulent. You can tell by its leaves. It's got those thick leaves. Yes. So only only water when dry. Oh, okay. Okay. The, um, the, the pot that has come in, mm. it's, it looks a pretty high pot, but mm. I was wondering why they have put moss, because it's not like, you know, the, what do you call it, the... Uh, it's like a yeah, the, what is it? Well, it's like a mulch when they put the moss, and it's decorative. They've just done that for decorative. They could have put colored gravel. You know, there's various mm-hmm. things. The the moss is just to to again make it just pretty. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> yeah, pull out that moss off. I think you'll find it's just sitting on the surface. It's not actually growing there. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. You're so very much. welcome. Thanks, Elsa. Take care, both of you. Thank you. Have Thanks a nice, for calling. Uh, you have a nice okay, weekend it's too. All gloomy out there. I don't want to go out there because <laughs> I have. Breathing problems. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Yeah, yeah, but it's a great day to be inside doing yep. some indoor plant care, like you are. So good idea. Good yeah, for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Thank, thank you. All righty, uh, we have to take another break here and uh, get. Oh, and you see me reaching for the bell. Oh yes, that's a good indication that we've got a first-time <laughs> caller on the line, Norm in North York. We're going to get you on the air momentarily. Hang tight. Be back in a mo. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here we go. Uh, Frankie grabs the bell. That's for Norm in North York, first-time caller. Good morning, Norm. Morning, folks. I just wanted to ask a question. There's a bit of a difference of opinion in the household Uh-oh. about <laughs> raking leaves in the backyard or not raking leaves in the backyard. It's not a big yard. There's a big maple tree about 40 feet tall, so mm-hmm. not a lot uh, grows underneath perfect. it. So yeah. where do I go? The maple leaves are the best for the garden. Have you got gardens in the back or front yard? A bit of a garden in the uh, back and a couple of side gardens with just pretty things that don't need much maintenance, but there's not much shade or sun. Okay, so here's what I would do. Maple leaves are big, and when they fall to the ground, they suffocate 
anything that's growing below them over the winter. My experience in the past, yes. Yeah, so that's why I never leave maple leaves untouched lying flat on a lawn. In, in two weeks, you can kill a lawn with maple I leaves. I did that by accident a few years ago. I thought it was a great idea, but it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't, yeah. So so what I would do is, you have two options. If you if you just want to bag up these, you know, rake bag and put them to the end of the curb, you can, the leaves. But what I would do if I lived at your house, I would rake all those leaves. You have a lawnmower. I would put the bag on the lawnmower. I'd make my pile of leaves when they're dry. They're too wet right now. But yeah. still, rake them off the lawn. Just put them somewhere on a walkway somewhere, yeah. somewhere, a patio for now, okay. so that they're not sitting on the lawn, soft, suffocating the lawn as we're waiting for some drier weather. Then you get out your lawnmower with the bag on. You roll the lawnmower over your pile of leaves, and they'll that lawnmower Oops. will chop up those big maple yeah. leaves into quarter-sized chunks. Now okay. we've got quarter-sized chunks of, of maple leaves, which are wonderful. We dump them from the bag on the surface of our gardens. And I'll go as much as four inches deep with chopped up maple leaves on every garden on the property. Wow. And you would not believe the quality of soil I left behind at my home that I sold in Richmond Hill after 20 years of inches and inches of uh, leaves, oh. maple leaves Once on the soil. Once that decomposes, boy, it's oh, I'm just curious, would you have to put uh, fresh soil, should we say, on top of the nope. garden in the spring to nope. help those uh, chopped up leaves nope. move along? The, if you feed them, they will come. So the worms <laughs> will be there, the microorganisms, all kinds of things that you can't see are going to be chew- chewing up those leaves. And the most fun part, if you get quiet, like at two in the morning when it's all quiet in your yeah. neighborhood, step outside and you will hear the worms munching the leaves. No kidding. You will hear... Yes, I, I've noticed that at night at nighttime when I'm out there. What's that noise? What's that, that noise? And I'm looking around. There's nothing around. And then I look down and I can move, bend down. And, yeah, oh, yeah, time. yeah. And you'll see the leaves are moving a tiny bit. And you think, oh, it must be a mouse or something. And then you look more closely and realize, actually, no, those are worms pulling those leaves well, down under the ground, and you can hear it. And people think I'm nuts when I say it, but it's absolutely true. So okay, and it, well, I don't think you're nuts because I've heard it myself. There you go. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Norm. Thank you much for your help. Okay. Have a good one. Don't be a stranger. Danger. Yeah. Uh, hey, quick question. Sorry, yeah. quick going backwards. Yep. Don called about maybe he's got grubs. Hopefully he's been out and he's mm-hmm. checked whether he's got grubs or not. If you aren't currently sitting on a package of nematodes, Don, I probably wouldn't go out and buy them because they're pretty expensive and it is a bit late in the season. Yeah. If you had a soil thermometer, uh, 10 degrees soil temperature, you could uh, put the nematodes down mm-hmm. on and perhaps be somewhat s- successful. But the main thing you definitely can do now and in the spring is top dress and overseed. So get out your rake, rake out that dead stuff. Um, if, if it's the whole patch, the four by four patch is all yellow and dead, rake it all out, get out that top dressing. So some good quality lawn soil, mm-hmm. top soil, triple mix, one of those. Get out some grass seed, get that down on light, nice light raking. And because if you don't rake it, the birds will take the seeds and they will grow. And hopefully you'll outwit the grubs if there are grubs there. You're trying to get ahead of them and keep that lawn as thick and lush as you can. And you have far fewer weeds move in next spring. Very good. Okay. okay. Out to Scarborough, we scamper. Uh, there is <laughs> Elizabeth. Good morning. You Elizabeth. might be scampering. Oh, good morning. I have a question about amaryllis. I have three three of them that I brought them in from outside. Well, actually, one was in a, a an enclosed balcony with the sun shining, and it looks beautiful. But anyway, 
do I water them? Do I put them in the dark? Do I leave them alone? What What's the, the recipe for... Okay, so you have two options. One is keep them going as houseplants. So the one that was out, like you said, on the beautiful sun porch, yes. full of green, gorgeous yes. leaves, uh, now inside because, of course, tropical plants, so it can't stay out in the frost. And yes. you can keep it as a houseplant. I mean, you keep it in a sunny window, water as necessary. It will flower sporadically on and off when you least oh, expect it. Really? Okay. But most people want their amaryllis blooming for Christmas. Well, so, it's too late now, isn't it? Uh, it's early November. Uh, it's cutting it pretty close. Yeah. Because the way to get them, to, to sort of force the flowers to happen, even for January, is stop watering all your amaryllis immediately. Okay. Put them in the dark, if you wish, if that's easy to do. I mean, yes. I've currently got mine all just sitting in the garage. I haven't watered them in two weeks. But it wouldn't be too cold in the garage in the winter? Oh, no, they won't stay there forever. They're oh, just going to okay. stay there for now because it's okay. an easy way to just force them to go dormant. Okay. It's cool, it's dark, reasonably dark, and I've just, I'm not watering them, so I'm just ignoring them in the garage. Yeah. You can stick them down the basement, you know, just stick them somewhere where you forget forget about them is the main yeah. thing. <clears throat> Let those green leaves, they will slowly turn yellow. Yeah. It takes a few weeks. Then you'll trim that all off. Now you'll just have the bulbs in the pots. Yeah. And those need to sit for about six weeks or so, just alone, left alone, no yeah. water, no, no care at all. And then mark on your calendar, bring them out, put them in that sunny windowsill, one watering, thorough watering, and they should start to sprout. They, they will start to grow oh. again. You're just going to force them to go dormant by okay. stopping watering. Okay. Okay. All right. But the one that, that is sitting in the, in the enclosed balcony with the sun shining, mm. I mean, it looked gorgeous, had lovely green leaves. Mm. So if it continues that, mm. it will eventually flower? It you will. Think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It will. I, oh. I know people have kept amaryllis growing as houseplants for years. Yes. Never, yes. never having them go dormant. And of course, it's great. If it's in a big pot, it's cool because you'll end up with little baby bulbs growing oh. off of the mother bulbs and it becomes quite a large pot. And and like I say, you'll just sporadically throughout the year get flowers when you least expect it. Oh, because, well, now this one that does have the lovely green leaves. Um, it really looks pot bound. I know you only Good. put the earth up about halfway, yep. but should it be in a bigger pot nope. Nope. with the earth, um, like tops or, um, you know, uh, soil so. just halfway up? Well, you're right about the depth of the soil. You do want the bulbs sticking out like that. But yes. no, it, it, I know they look like they're so uncomfortable and so pot bound, yes. but that's exactly the way they want to be. Okay. You'll get your best flowering if you leave them all mushed together in a pot that looks too small. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank so you, Elizabeth. No watering and, well, yeah. the, uh, perhaps mid-January would be okay to bring them out exactly. and start watering? Exactly. So okay. first thing is get them dormant, and once they're dormant, then yes. six to eight weeks, no care at all, and then wake up time and, and have your socks blown off. Okay. 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 Thanks, right. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Elizabeth. Joining us here on uh, a dark and dank All right. Stop Saturday. saying dank. Yeah, we got a, Frank we got a little sunshine dank. going I here. I know. Oh, hey, here's a little sunshine. Wait a minute. Uh, let me uh, reach for that uh, bell one more time. Uh, here cool. we go. That is for Sharon in Leslieville. First time caller. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Good. How are you? Excellent. Great. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yes, I have a question for you mm. about a plant, um, a Dracosyntho plant. I think it's one of the Dracania Dracaena, yep. Um, and we just brought it. I mean, we've had a bit of trouble trying to get it grow uh, and have green leaves. So every now and then there'll be these yellow leaves. And 
I'm wondering how to take care of it indoors during the winter, what amount of light and what amount of water it needs. Has it been outside all summer? No, actually, it's been more... Actually, actually, yeah, it has been outside for at least a month or two in the summer. Okay. And it was in a shady spot outside? Yeah, Mostly. it wasn't in full sun. Okay, that's good. Uh, all right. <clears throat> the Okay, so a dracaena or a dragon tree, it's often referred to. It's a tall, narrow plant. It's got long, narrow leaves. They, they yeah. come with different colors. The very traditional one is green leaf with a red margin on the edges of the green leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why it's called dracaena marginata, because it's referring to that red margin. Um, so the, they're very... Generally speaking, a very easy, low-maintenance plant. Their okay. demands are not huge. This plant does not need direct sunlight, but it, it okay. does prefer a bright spot. So if you have a room that faces west or south, um, mm-hmm. you know, even north, you would put it right in the window. But mm-hmm. if it was a southern or western room, you could be five or ten feet away from the window, as long mm-hmm. as it's a bright spot. The plant will very naturally and normally lose lower leaves on occasion. So they'll start to turn yellow and these are ones on the trunk at the lowest part of the plant and to to lose those those are just older leaves they drop it happens Mm -hmm. your growing tip is up at the top and that growing tip should be green and fresh and perky and new growth like slowly but surely that plant just gets taller and taller and taller eventually it hits hits your ceiling and then you have to decide whether to move or raise the roof or lower the floor (laughs) but either way it will just keep going until it hits the ceiling um now watering if it's a fairly big plant which i assume it probably is that can be the tricky part is how often to water because you can't really tell it's dry on the surface but it might Mm -hmm. be very moist below so what i would do if i for you is go to my local you're in Leslieville so you've got East End Garden Center close That's by right. yeah go there they will have something called a moisture meter Okay. And a moisture meter is just a probe. Sticks You stick it into the soil. It goes down, eh, you know, a foot, a little bit or a bit more. So 20, 25 centimeters into the, the potting soil right down. And the meter shows you wet, dry, and in between. And okay. that gives you a measurement of how much moisture is available down deep in the pot. And mm-hmm. of course, the plant will, you want it to go to the dry side. <clears throat> if it's showing okay. moderately wet or wet, you do not water. Uh, and so depending on the temperature, the size of the pot, the amount of light it's in, all those things. You could be watering once every 10 days or two weeks, or you could be watering every month or two. It just right. really comes down to size of pot and temperature. Okay. Okay, great. Um, I also just want to give a shout out. Uh, I happen to be James Dooley's fiance. And, oh, uh, my buddy, James, James Patrick buddy. Dooley. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey. Hi, James. Good to haven't talk talked to you in ages. Man. Love the show. Love the show. It's fun calling in. Oh, oh cool. Well, you guys just don't hesitate to call anytime. When are you getting married? Well, uh, 2020. We haven't picked oh. a date yet, but 2020 for sure. I'll be waiting for that invitation. <laughs> well, if, if he hadn't been contemplating the question before, certainly is now. Thank you very much for doing that publicly, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> My poor buddy James. Uh, poor buddy James. I don't uh, think so. Great, great stuff. You yeah, sound... we miss you, James. Exactly. Likewise, miss you guys too. Great show. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, love. <laughs> How about that? That was old. <laughs> thanks, hey, Sharon. Don't be know, a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Coffee's right. always on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what was it? Cause, oh, yeah. Uh, we uh, are... Oh, gosh. Okay. As, <laughs> as we say goodbye, there's a Sharon. Evelyn that leaves the line open. Oh, it does. You're right. Uh, yeah. 
And Evelyn is coming up in a moment. We do have to take another break. Good though. That's point. what I'm getting to here. So <laughs> good time to call, though, because uh, we have a line or two open at in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Charlie, you know, we've just been noticing something here, particularly with this morning. Uh, this is the most Toronto-centric show we've ever had. A lot of gardeners all, in Toronto all, this yeah, weekend. Uh, but, you know, normally it's you're into the hinterland, and, and but almost every call, mm-hmm. Toronto. So we just got to thinking, gee, if you're calling in... Would you please let us know how you are listening to us, whether on AM 740 or certainly in the downtown area, 96.7 FM. Or are you listening on your computer? Because uh, yeah. we are live streamed on the computer as well. There so you, you go. get to hear and see. Yeah. Ooh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that said, let's move along. Uh, Evelyn in Toronto. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. And I think I see a glimmer of sun. Oh, Oh, good news. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm also up here in North York, Mm -hmm. and I've called in before about a hibiscus, Mm -hmm. which for some reason didn't bloom for, I would say, three years. And this year, fabulously, it is blooming. We can't quite believe it. (laughs) Uh, It has a number of blooms and flowers, so that's great. My question is, uh, some of the leaves are beginning to turn yellow, Mm -hmm. and one of the blooms is sort of at the end of a branch that really has no leaves. Uh, only near the top, and wondering after these blooms fall off, could I trim? uh, I would. Yeah, I would, because it just looks scraggly. And at this time of year, the light levels are so much lower inside your home than outside your home. The growth is super slowed down. The yellow leaves are very normal. The plant has to grow new leaves inside. By doing that cutting back post-flowering, then that encourages new growth, encourages those new green leaves to grow. So the plant ultimately looks better. Uh, so so definitely a good idea. Um, it's always a bit of a challenge because we don't want to cut off the flowers. But once the flowers appear to be done, the buds are, there's no buds evident, I would cut back. But you may find it's going to take you all winter to slowly but surely cut this plant back one branch at a time because you want it nice and dense and compact before spring starts. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah. great. Okay. And I haven't been taking it outside the oh, okay. past couple of years um, because um, um, there was some infestation. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just keep it in. And, okay. um So I think there's hope for it. Yeah, no, that's fine. And sometimes, yeah, people do just keep them indoors. Make sure it's in the sunniest location. Remember to rotate the plant 180 right. degrees every week or so. And uh, if you've got a mister or a spritzer, do that during the winter because that will help keep the humidity up around the plant. They oh. are very susceptible to white fly and spider mite in the the dead days of winter when we've got our hot mm. air furnaces blowing all that dry air all over the place. So uh-huh. hip, nice idea. If anything you can do to keep the humidity high around your hibiscus, the happier it will be. Oh, okay. Oh, that's okay. great to know. And then uh, just tepid water for spritzing yes. the... Yeah. yeah, for spritzing and for watering. 
Okay. okay. Oh, that's wonderful. And watering, um, I shouldn't, the soil doesn't have Evelyn, to. Evelyn. Oh, sorry, bye. We're, we're moving on to the MOV lane, multiple question uh, lane <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no, no. And we have but to kind of. related to the same and, topic any, any further questions, you got to call again. Okay? <laughs> All right. Patrolman Proctor finally had to get in there and pull somebody over. I know. We're going to do, right. do the textbook on hibiscus care. <laughs> Ed in Toronto. Good morning and welcome to the show. Yeah, good morning. How are you today? Good. Excellent. Good morning. I have a question. I bought um, some soil at uh, Home Depot. I don't know if I should mention. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, to redo my hibiscus, oddly enough. And also, I have a couple other plants in the house. When I brought the plants in the house, I had tons of black flies around the, bo- around the pot at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This is obviously from the soil. Tell me something. This, was this potting soil that you bought? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Just wanted to make sure. Right. Um, is there anything I can do to kill? I, I've sprayed with Raid. Uh, I don't want to kill the plant, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, they, uh, I mean, I got tons of these black flies. Okay, here's what you're going to do. What you have flying around, they look like fruit flies, but they aren't. They're called fungus gnats. So G-N-A-T. So they're fungus gnats. These are little tiny flies that are eating fungus in your soil. Right. Oh my goodness. Who would think there was fungus in the soil? But there is. So here's how you're going to lower the population of fungus gnats and ultimately eliminate them. You're going to go back to Home Depot or wherever and buy something called sticky sticks. Sticky sticks are made by a company named Safers. Sticky sticks is the word sticky and then S-T-I-X. In the little box, there are plastic sticks and yellow sticky paper. And you're going to set up the little yellow sticky paper on the little plastic sticks and you're going to put those in the potted plants Mm. uh, sticking up out of the soil, not touching the leaves. And you will find those little gnats are very attracted to that bright yellow sticky stuff. And it's like fly paper. So they're, they're attracted, they fly towards it, and then they get stuck in it and they die. Excellent, because that way they're not out there laying eggs Mm -hmm. back in the soil. So slowly but surely, you're going to lower the population by killing off the adults who will fly into the sticky stuff. But you're also going to cut back on your watering. You're going to be paying more attention to watering thoroughly but rarely. That way, plants will dry out more between waterings, and that way you'll have less fungus in the soil. So less to eat, fewer adults laying eggs, and within four to six weeks, all the gnats are done. Gone. No more raid required. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So put away the raid. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put it away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and the watering is part of it. I find people have a tendency, bigger plants particularly, we have a tendency to kind of keep adding half a cup of water every week on principle. So we end up with not really knowing what the water content is in our pots. It feels a little dry on the top, so we put a little water. Right. So avoid doing that. And again, going back to, um, you know, the call that we had from, from was it Shannon, asking about uh, or to the whole idea of, you don't know, get that moisture meter for the bigger plants. Get the moisture meter. You have a be- much better understanding of what your the water requirements are and how much water and how often. And you, we want less fungus in your soil, but it's natural. It's totally natural to have some fungus in the soil. But if you keep it moist all the time, you'll have way too much fungus. 
Okay. 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 I was actually thinking of taking the soil back, but this doesn't, doesn't make sense. I assume I, it, all the soils would have. This yeah. If you take it back, they're just going to, I mean, they'll probably give you your whatever, six ninety nine back. But they're just going to look at you and say, well, you know, like it's your fault anyway. Like it's, you know, it's yeah. not our fault. So, and it's just a lot of work to unpot, repot, yeah. and it's stressful. Yeah, it, is, it. it is stressful on plants to transplant. So I would avoid doing that now if you can and do your transplanting in the spring if you're going to do, if you're going to change the soil. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, so thanks for joining us, Ed. Thank, okay. Thanks for calling, Ed. Have a good weekend. And keep it tuned right here, Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM. Just had a thought, yes. If uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here, but for future reference, if you happen to be tuned to the FM, point, 96.7 FM, kind of let us know when you call in. Okay. It'd just be interesting to Intr- keep yeah, track we're on that. Some, we're doing yeah. bar graphs on exactly. where people call from exactly. and what <laughs> they're listening to. <laughs> we're we're going to, uh, let's see, scoot to St. Catharines momentarily in a moment here on the Garden Show to say hi to Judy <laughs> here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin. Gee, yes. I know her. I know. Oh, my God, there she is. Right I'm multi. There. I got yeah. so many things going on here. I wish I had a third arm. Yes. <laughs> Multitasking over there. Yes. Judy in St. Catharines. Hello and welcome to the show. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Judy. I'm calling in regards to my hibiscus, mm-hmm. which I seem to be having a problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual flowers themselves have little black dots on them, and the actual stem is very sticky. Oh. oh, interesting. Could you please tell me what that is? Well, if you look closely underneath the leaves, right, you will likely see a, a white insect. Okay. It will have wings and it flies and it's pure white and it's called, white f- strangely enough, white, white fly. <laughs> and that's probably what's making the stickiness. If it's not white fly, the only other um, pest it might be is an aphid. Or okay. if you never have one aphid, you always have tens of thousands of aphids. Right. Aphids are easy to kill. If it is aphids, they, they don't fly or anything. So it's a soapy, you know, safer soap or a bug be gone. Follow all the instructions. You can annihilate aphids easily. Okay, White so, fly is a little trickier just because they fly. Is that what the sticky sticks might come into it again? There, yeah, or? the sticky sticks, good point. Just the ones that I was mentioning uh, for Ed, the last caller, who uh-huh. has fungus gnats. Right. So flying insects can be very attracted to these uh, sticky sticks. So mm-hmm. not a bad idea. Uh, if the, Is the hibiscus flowering right now? Is it covered? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's so flowering. Yeah, you hate to do a lot of pruning. Yeah. But one of the best ways if it is white fly is I get all ready with a garbage bag and my pruners and I cut back the plant because you'll find all those, whether it's aphids or white fly, they're very much congregated on the tips, which is the newest growth, which is the tastiest. So okay. by, right. by removing, you know, four to six inches of, of yep. the tips of every branch mm-hmm. and dropping it into the garbage and closing that garbage bag shut, particularly the white fly, uh, you're removing hundreds of them, if not thousands. Then okay. you still need to spray. I so, will give it a try and yeah. see what happens. Look closely, see what you can see. Okay, thank All you right. so much. Let us know if you need more more help next week. Thanks, Judy. Have a good day. You bet. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for uh, tuning us in here. Oh, hey, the bell, Frankie. Come oh, on. you're going to get to there work there. There we are. That's for Isabel in calling in from Scarborough. Good morning, Isabel. Good morning. Morning. Oh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have 
scotch heather in a pot. Mm-hmm. I wonder where I could buy the soil that they need and the fertilizer what they need, and because I'm going to plant it outside before the frost comes. Right, and you you're putting it in the ground, right, or are yeah. you in an apartment? Uh, no, I have a house, so okay, I like to put it in the like a, um, in yeah. the garden. You have a spot. Yeah. Okay, so this is not a particularly tough plant. I guess depending specifically on the variety you might have, does it have a tag in it? Yes, it does. Can, do you have that handy or? Uh, yes. Uh, the reason I ask is just, it's a lovely plant. Um, it is it, gorgeous. It's got some pretty specific requirements, as you recognize. So you need a spot that's dappled sun and shade. Uh-huh. So none of that hot western sun, if you can avoid it. Uh, a northern location can work uh, where it's getting some morning sun or you know northeast, that kind of thing. So it needs some light, but not hot, hot sun. Uh-huh. It wants a very organic soil. So it wants soil that's composed of peat moss, leaf mold, manure. Uh, so again, depending on your natural soil, you're going to want to amend to ensure you've got some good quality organic material in there. And then fertilizer, I wouldn't worry about. You'll need that next spring. The fertilizer you're going to use is going to be for acid-loving plants. And that, again, that's like a rhododendron food or azalea food. And you can worry about that next spring. For now, the main thing is get it into the soil, like you say before, frost. And while the soil is still reasonably warm so that some roots can get growing. Okay. okay. It's important that when we plant in the fall, we get the plants in the ground in a, in a timely fashion, just so that the roots can get going into that nice warm soil mm-hmm. and be ready to go once the soil freezes. Otherwise, the pots, the, the little plants tend to get forced right up out of the soil as mm-hmm. the ground freezes because their little roots haven't really established into the soil. So, so get on that if you can today, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So they like the morning sun better. Yep. Eastern is always going to be more, it's going to be preferable for any of the, the acid-loving evergreens. Oh, great. All right. Enjoy oh, that. on the transistor radio on AM. Oh, okay. Hey, there you go. Thanks Thank for letting you. us know. <laughs> Thank you very much for your help. You're very welcome. Okay. Let us know how that works out. So I hate Frank, just so everybody knows. I want to say that publicly. You know, it's out there now in the stratosphere. I hate Frank because he is going where? (laughs) Florida. 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 When are you going to Florida? Actually. uh, Tomorrow. It's one of those 24-hour clock things. 14.45. And you're gaining an hour. So don't get all messed up on that. You're going to have to sit with a calculator and figure out. Quarter to three tomorrow aboard the plane. Which is really going to be quarter to four Oh, no. Maybe it's going to be. My clock two. will be changed by then. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. You're getting me all confused. And then and I'm going down. Uh, Shirley's down there already mm. at a, a favorite spot we go to. And uh, I'll be down there for 12 days, which wow. is lovely. Wow. Oh, I hate you 12 times over. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. I'll have a little drinky winky for you. Oh, do that. Speaking of drinky winky, Siva, thank you so oh, much. Siva, We're going to yeah. hold on to that hard cider until Frank gets back. So yeah. in two weeks, we'll do an on-air testing of Siva's special cider. And just a reminder. Reminder that with Frank jetting off with the jet set to the sun and surf and God knows martinis and margaritas, uh, Sean James will be joining me next week. Oh, that's great. He's a ton of fun. Many of you remember Sean. He's brilliant. He attended the Niagara Parks School of Horticulture, Mm -hmm. which, of course, I went to the University of Guelph, so we arm wrestle about which school is better all the time. And he is just a naturalist. Like, he knows so much. So he's lots of fun. And so he'll be here in Frank's stead next week. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Charlie. And thanks, Jordan. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.